Welcome to No Apology with the Bible Idiots. This is episode 246. It's Valentine's Day, Monday, February 14th, and we're recording at 9.18 a.m. Yeah, thanks for spending time with us once again. We're Chris and Emily Danielson, and as always, we're going to be laughing louder, digging deeper, living larger. That's our goal. That's That's, what we've done. That's our jam. That's what we've been doing. (laughs) Now, if you are a long-time Bible Idiots or No Apology with the Bible Idiots listener, you know that there's one thing that's been consistent and that is our inconsistency (laughs) (laughs) we're extremely consistent with our inconsistency i'm gonna give you yeah (laughs) and it's our pronunciations which made us really really big in radio at one time right well let me just share with you where we're going with this so you can decide how long you want to stay with us Uh, because (laughs) i'm getting off this train right now we have to you know we we've had to make changes because of covid we started this out of you know the covid thing like hey let's just do something with our time and our talents and so we started this uh, bible idiots podcast which we kind of based on the chris and emily show of old and yet we still wanted to have deeper teachings and so the laugh louder dig deeper is the chris and emily show joking around the dig deeper is getting into god's word devotions and some of my sermons well when we became the pastor when i became the senior pastor at lifehouse church in kansas we asked them we said we want to bring this with they said yeah we want it to be part of our outreach as well since that time Emily's broken her leg. We've had a bunch of different circumstances that have caused us to have an inconsistent approach to, well, do we do this? Do we do that? And then we got connected with some really talented guys out of Nashville who said our brand, instead of Bible Idiots, should be no apology, and we should get into the apologetic realm. So long story short, from here on out, the laugh louder portion of the Chris and Emily show is going to go away from the Bible Idiots podcast. We're just going to be either devotions or long form teaching from here on out. Now, what happens to the other side? Well, under the banner of No Apology, we may come back with another podcast called No Apology with Chris and Emily. But here's the problem. Let me give you a Let's take a flight on an airline analogy. Are you ready? Oh, goody. An analogy. <laughs> an analogy <laughs> on a Monday morning. It's Valentine's Day. You're supposed to treat me better than this. <laughs> Here's the thing. You're going to book a flight. Let's say there's four of you in your party. Uh, you, a spouse, a couple kids you probably didn't want. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course you were. Totally joking. But let's just say there's four of you. You're booking a flight. And so you're trying to figure out in the coach section where you can go. Do you go to premium, uh, you know, second class or whatever they call it? Or do you know, do you want to get three in a row? You don't want to get stuck in the middle seat. And you spend all this time focused in on that. And you don't even realize that you're about to get bumped up to first class. All of you are going to... Then all of that effort means nothing, doesn't it? Are you tracking with me? Absolutely, yeah. Well, that's what Emily and I are dealing with right now. There is a chance that we might get bumped up to first class, so let's not waste a whole lot of time figuring out where we're going to sit and coach. We will know over the next 60 to 90 days what's going to happen with some of the movie things, some of the other broadcast opportunities, where 
the other podcast outside of my long-form teachings and a devotional now and then, it's just not going to be possible. So why would we want to try to build a whole new podcast? And we've been advised that we're too scatterbrained. We're all over the place. Sometimes you tune in and you get us doing the news. Sometimes you get get tuned in and you get us just joking around about life stuff. Sometimes you just get serious Bible teaching. And so we have to find a better way going forward. I have asked and people have said, do not give up the Bible Idiots brand. Well, the Bible Idiots brand then must be me as the Bible Idiot. I'm known as Mr. Bible Idiot. has to be my Bible teachings. And then if we're going to keep doing the Chris and Emily type broadcast, we have to find a different platform for it. Does that make sense? Yes, indeed. I'm hanging with you. I'm, uh, I'm trying to do my cool thing today. What's keeping that? it real. Keeping it real. That's my jam. Yeah. Keeping it real. I'm hanging with you. Is that the new grandma slogan? <laughs> That's my jam. Is that what grandma's saying now? I just, lo- I just love how the more you try to act cool, the less cool you are. So I'm going to just be that really nerdy, uncool, trying to be cool grandma today. Well, I see, don't know why. Here, here's what happens. When you try to be cool like that, mm-hmm. it's so uncool, <laughs> it's kind of cool. <laughs> so you double back. Okay, yeah, I, I, I get where you're going with that. I don't know that. how you pull that off. <laughs> But you do anyway. Yeah. So the long form jam. The long form teaching is a message that is very near and dear to me, and it really comes from uh, the various scriptures. But it comes from the idea I really want to hear from God. Yeah, exactly. And, and I know that He give He's given us the Bible. That's how we hear from Him. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times in the Old Testament, especially, you'd hear, and God told so and so to go do this very specific. I heard from the Lord directly, and I chose to do that. It's like I kind of want that. And he gives that to us through his spirit, through time in the word, mm-hmm. and through time in prayer. He makes our path straight where yeah, there's no does. question yeah. about it. I mean, he might not show up like a burning bush, you know what I mean? And sometimes that's what we're wanting. But when we are spending time in his word, when we are earnestly seeking him, and when we are praying, I mean, that that's a huge thing. When you start verbalizing things to God, then you know when he answers them. You can see what he's doing and how... That interaction is taking place, but if you're not reading God's word, if you're not actually verbalizing and praying to him about specific things, and if you're not earnestly seeking him in your heart, you know, if it's just a ritual thing that you do to keep your boxes checked, Mm -hmm. uh, you, you can't see it. You right. just can't see it. It's not going to work. So, yeah, I totally get it. And I think that listening to the voice of God is something that most Christians really do desire to experience on a deeper level. And it's good news, Chris, that you say we can. We certainly can. So uh, your long form teaching today, the title of the message is Thanks for Listening. Yeah, it goes back to some radio show jibber jabber. Yeah, exactly. And we have an old improv video that we started with that I kind of introduced. You won't get to see it, but you'll get to at least hear the dialogue. It's pretty, pretty funny. Yeah, that that verbal out loud stuff. It's really beneficial. It can it can, you know really help uh (laughs) various scriptures you're taking us to some places all throughout the scriptures but the focus is the same and that is hearing the voice of god the sheep do hear his voice it's an important part so here is thanks for listening pastor chris on our long form teaching for today well i'm glad he did that because uh the video i've got prepared for you today is a little bit tongue-in-cheek in fact um back when emily and i were doing the chris and emily show in arizona Uh, We had uh, multiple producers, just blessed with producers that were really good and fun to work with. 
And we used to do this thing, me and one of, one of the guys used to do this thing called thanks for listening, because that's what, one of his jobs was he would screen all the calls that would come into our show. And so when we were live on the air, my anchor chair could lean back and see through the glass, and, the, and I'd leave the door open where he was, and I'd hear him, thanks for listening. I'd be, thanks for listening in the middle of a two-song sweep. We'd just joke around. His name is John Scalise, and he said, I want to come up with an improv idea where people, because people don't hear what they, what they think they hear. You know, sometimes they hear something, and they thought they heard something totally different, and you go back and listen to the tape, and it's like, they were wrong, especially when they're complaining. I love that. <laughs> Call and complain, and turns out I was right, you were wrong. Anyway, him and a guy from his church got together. John, uh, John, I used to call him John John. I don't know why, but that was his name for us every time we did anything together. You know, where's John John? He can fix this. He is the guy in the blue tie on the right in this. And they just improv this about guys who think they know the Bible. In fact, everything they quote about the Bible in some way, shape, or form is correct, but it's very, very wrong. And it's going to be the intro for the message today. Thanks for listening. Go ahead and hit it, fellas. Moses was on the ark, and uh, yeah, yeah, it had rained a lot, and they had some flooding. Right, right, exactly. And then uh, it was about day two into this rainstorm. It got all sunny, and I, I know Moses was very upset with the thousands of people he took on that ark. Yeah. And so he went up, and he went up to the upper deck, and he wanted to pray. His arm got stuck in his tree, and it was his arm, his hair. Probably a little bit of both. I think, okay. Yeah. yeah. Probably his hair got caught in the tree. And... That's right, yeah. And uh, so he was dangling right over the water because the ark just went. Sail on. And uh, so he was hanging there right about water's level. And then, uh, well, you know what happened after that. Oh, yeah, yeah. The great whale. That's where the whale comes in. The whale comes in, swallows uh, Moses, Moses whole, and... Uh, he, it didn't eat him, but it just swallowed him. He was in the belly of that well for uh, uh, 40 days, 40 nights. Yeah, 40 days. 40 days he's in that well. And, and the well finally spit him up on dry land over in Jericho. Jericho. And he met up with the children of Israel right there. Right there, they were waiting on him. Yep, and then uh, they marched around the wall for, seemed like, hours on end. And uh, finally, there was that that lady. That yeah. She was she was screaming. Jezebel. 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 Exactly. She was screaming and yelling at those people, cursing, oh, blasphemies down at them. It was terrible. So Moses tell, tells his two soldiers, Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. Top be, men, best in the army. Go up, get that woman, and throw her off the wall. So they did. And then you know Moses. They came back. They came back. They reported to Moses. And Moses told them, take her up and throw her down again. Yep. And they shocked did. everybody. They did, though, because they're good soldiers. They did it a second time, came back, and Cain was questioning, why do we have to do it a second time? Yeah. And uh, he said, how many times must we throw this woman down? And Moses replied, 70 times 7. Exactly. So there is the story of Moses and the ark. Not to mention that it said in the, I think afterward, they gathered up the fragments and there were 12 basketfuls. That's a lot of women. Well, knowing the words of scripture, knowing the context of scripture, 
and knowing the meaning for our lives all three merged together is what the message is about today. And there's various scriptures along the journey. And so I want to start by reminding all of us that whenever you have a room of people that come together for an event, everybody will arrive in various states of mind. And all these people will have to shake off or attempt to shake off whatever circumstances they're walking in the door with them, good, bad, or otherwise, perceived uh, or whatever, into the space of the event. You and I do this as well. We all do it, okay? It doesn't matter what we're attending. It can be a sales conference. It can be a worship service. It can be a sporting event. It can be a movie theater. I love going to the movies. Because it doesn't matter what's going on in my world. When those lights go down for an hour and a half to two hours, I just get to be told the story, especially good movies. But we all arrive with some emotional presence or pressure, either good or bad, or otherwise, as we attempt to clear ourselves in order to benefit from whatever it is we're attending. Now, I'm going to give you some examples. And I know going in that I could give you three examples and you'd get the gist of it, but I'm going to give you eight the reason is, is I want you to absorb the full spectrum of what I'm talking about as we get ready to hear the voice of the shepherd, okay? One person walks in, and again, it doesn't matter what the, what the setting is. It can be any type of event. One person will walk in with a skip in their step after just receiving a phone call that they're going to be a grandparent for the very first time. Another just read a text that said, you've lost the appeal. You better prepare for the worst. Another is still reeling from a call the night before that a loved one in a distant state is diagnosed with stage four cancer in days is all they got left. Another walks in holding the hands of their beloved because they just got back from a weekend vacation that changed everything. Another comes in and can't stop thinking about how they just can't stand their boss in their working environment, and it dominates their thoughts to the point of not enjoying even simple joys in life. Another walks in there holding back tears as they struggle with past love loss that has been dominating them since they got up that morning, and they're just having bouts of regret. And they still have this dark cloud, dark cloud hanging out over them. And it's not just this event, it hangs over them wherever they go. And then another is just beaming inside because they got the promotion. And that hefty raise that comes with it, it's going to change everything. Then another, on the other side of the room, is devastated. Because two days ago, they got a pink slip. And they're just now trying to sort through the crushing debt. And they're kind of numb to the world. See, these are just a few reasons why we must have a forgiving attitude. Because we just don't know. Especially in traffic. <laughs> you just don't know. But I want to use these type of examples. I want to give you that full over-explanation spectrum because I want you to understand that the practice we're talking about today is listening to the voice of God and listening for the voice of God. And it is my belief that if the event that was described with all those people walking in, if it's a, if it's a true worship service in a good ground church, that's a big deal. Not every church is the same. You can have church outside. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't mean it's a good ground church. But if they walk into a good ground church and they are a child of God, regardless of what, where they are on that example spectrum, they have a tremendous advantage to harness the state of mind, whatever it may be, and become ready to hear from the Lord. And there's two things. 
A child of God will, should, could have a thankful spirit in whatever their circumstances. And it's a way for them in the midst of all of whatever they're going through to rise above it, including the good things, which can also take you down. That's a whole other thought for another day. In the movie Bible Idiots, Johnny Erickson Tata makes the quote, be thankful in all things. It doesn't be, she says, I don't want to be thankful for all things. I'm not thankful for this wheelchair I'm stuck in. But in the midst of it, I'm thankful. It's with a thankful heart. That's point one. Christians come in to a good ground church and they have a thankful heart over their umbrella of what they have going on. Secondly, a worship service, regardless of your state of mind, when you come in, you sing praises to God in a good ground church in whatever tone, whatever melody, whatever. It'll change your thinking and feeling for that moment and you have shaken off whatever it is and now you can hear from the Lord. This is one of the reasons why singing praises before the word of the Lord is presented has been on the Lord's day in churches for generation after generation in the Lord's house. Why? Because it works. Because it works. You get into the points of the message today, I want you to understand that that's what we're talking about. We're shaking off whatever we have going on, good, bad, or otherwise. We're singing praises to the Lord with a thankful heart, and now we get to hear the voice of the shepherd. And if you stand here, okay, if you're unlucky enough to be called to stand here, you better buckle up. You better put forward what God wants you to say. Oh, and sometimes that ruffles some feathers. <laughs> so with all of that introduction and various scriptures packed into the slides for you today, that's my justification to enhance the truth from God today for you. So let's do it. First point, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. If you know anything about sheep, that's not a compliment. One morning in June of 2005 in Turkey, while shepherds were eating their breakfast, one of their sheep jumped off a 45-foot cliff to its death. Then they looked down, they were just shocked. They were stunned as the whole flock followed. 1,500 sheep mindlessly stumbled off the cliff. Now the good news is, is that the last 1,000 were cushioned by the fall of the pile of sheep growing beneath them. But according to witnesses, 450 sheep just plunged to their death. Throughout the Bible, human beings are referred to over and over and over again as sheep. In Psalms, and Isaiah, and Matthew, and more. Easily distracted, susceptible to group influence, Sheep would rather follow a multitude of sheep than the wisdom of the shepherd, their shepherd. See, sheep have but one shepherd. The Bible describes sheep in a positive way as well. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. Let's look at two of those scriptures to get the scriptures kicked off today. Let's start with John 10, 14. It says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Now, I've, I've told you during Christmas about the Bethlehem shepherds that we studied, that we actually walked in their footsteps in, in Israel the last couple times we were there. I mean, these caves, they wouldn't just be for me and my sheep. There'd be like, there'd be like I don't know, 250, 350 sheep. There'd be three, four shepherds 
Each one would have between 50 and 80 sheep. They didn't have branding markings or anything. They would just all huddle them in at night into the caves. These big caves with them opening about, about the size of the welcome desk and maybe a little bit taller, you'd have to stoop to get in there. But inside, it would be as big as our whole church building. And all these sheep would run around and lay down at night. The four shepherds would lay at the door. And in the morning, when shepherd one got up and he was going to go, he would walk out and he would call his sheep. And if he had 74 sheep, 74 would run out the door. And only 74. And then he didn't get behind them, no. He walked in front of them and they followed him. When we were over there, we watched these two Palestinian boys one time trying to drive sheep up the hill. They were behind them. And our Israeli tour guide said, look out the window, look out the window. Those are bad shepherds. They're driving the sheep. The good shepherd, the sheep follow. The sheep know who the good shepherd's voice is. They, they, they won't follow the voice of a stranger. John 10, 3 through 5 says this. The, this is Jesus talking now. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hears his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all of his own outside, he goes ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't know the voice of strangers. So the big question then, for those of us who want Jesus in our life, when we've surrendered our lives to Jesus, which shepherd are we following? Are we, are we following one another? Or self-centered shepherds? Or the voice and direction of the good shepherd? John 10, 11 says, Jesus speaking, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The reason they follow him is that that's all they got. That's the only human that they trust. And the reason they trust him is there's a sense that they know that shepherd will do everything to protect them. 1 Peter 2.25 says, For you were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Our challenge is to avoid the mistake of the sheep who blindly followed one another off the cliff. We must make it our daily purpose to ask ourselves, are we listening for the voice of the good shepherd? Are we truly following him? I, I, what's the deal? Straight up. When a Christian who claims Christ, acting as a sheep, jumps off the cliff with it's all about me, my consumer attitude, I don't need anybody telling me what to do, you know, man-made doctrine this, you know, the, 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 the church over there that, this is what it's about. Oh, how about this? This is the truth and what it means to me. My truth doesn't have to be your truth. How I process it is all that matters. Who are you to say that I'm wrong? Our shepherd responds with Luke 9, 23. Our shepherd responds with this. If you get nothing out of this message today, take this. Then he said to them all, this is Jesus. If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, herself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Doesn't say take up his cross and follow me. Take up his cross daily, daily, and follow me. It's a little different, isn't it? 
I'm just broken. I have freedom in Christ. I can do whatever I want. This is what Jesus means to me. No. No. The good shepherd cries out from heaven to those who want to hear him. Pick up your cross today and follow me. So then the question comes up, how is this done? The voice of the shepherd. How is it brought to us? How is it broadcast to us? Uh, Which point is relevant for today? Well, how about point number two? God speaks through revelation. God speaks through revelation. We all listen to the voice of someone. As humans, this is inescapable. There was a guy named John Donne. John Donne lived 1572 to 1631. He wrote this. You ready? Five words. Ready? No man is an island. No man is an island. We come into this world listening to the voice of someone. It starts with our mother and father. As children, we hear the voices of relatives and friends growing older. We listen to teachers, preachers, newscasters, commentary. The adulthood is a cacophony of voices that can bend our ear and stagger us with which way to go and what to listen to. There's no end of what voices we can listen to. And then Satan will come along and try to use unique things to try to tell you that you're an island. A deceived, dark-hearted little poet, little dude out of New York, named Paul Simon. He was attached to a guy named Mark Garfunkel until he realized Garfunkel only had bridge over troubled waters and bailed. (laughs) Don't get me started on the music industry. Paul Simon's one that bugs me to no end because I really love the guy's voice. I love his arrangements. But his whole philosophical approach to his music is anti-biblical from the word go. It's dark-hearted. I am a rock. I am an island. No, you're not. You're a liar. You're deceiving people by trying to put thoughts into their head that is not legitimate. And we have a staggering amount of information in our society. There's no end to the voices we can listen to. And one of them is, is that you don't need this and you don't need that. You're a rock. You're an island. No, you're not. You're, you are a product of what is around you. And Jesus Christ can come and he can change all that and give you a heart of, a heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone. He can change your mind. He can change your attitude. And daily you pick up your cross and follow him. When we get back to the Joseph series, I want you to see that when he comes out of that pit daily, he's keeping his eyes on those visions that he had, the the promises of God. You know, Luke records in Acts 17, the early intellectuals trying to be, you know, intellectual for intellectual purposes. I mean, I'm going to read this verse to you. When you listen to it, look for the arrogance and smugness. It's almost like I want to see the Apostle Paul say, open a window and let some smugness out of here. We have these in our society too. Acts 17, 21. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners residing there spent their time on nothing else but telling or hearing something new. And they had all these different gods. And they had all these different things going on. There is a point, however to where we must start, stop listening and start acting, right? And we should be clear that the voices which we listen to affect the decisions and the actions we take in life. And I don't know what kind of you know, family finances you have to have to sit around all day trying to be an intellectual, but I've met a few of them. 
And some of them think they're so wise and that what they're speaking has never been spoken before. And I'm about to show you that that's not true. See, the Bible teaches that there is no action taken by man without there first having been a thought in the man's heart. And once that thought's in their heart, then action has to be taken. And we have intellectuals who just want to sit around and continue to talk, just like they did in Athens. But eventually, we have to get up and do something. I'm going to give you the same verse from two translations because I want you to see the depth of one translation versus the other. We're going to start with the King James Version of Matthew 12, 35. It says, Jesus is talking, A good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Now, my CSB, which I love, let's go to that next, it's a little bit weaker, but if you don't understand the concept, you might skip right past it. It says a good, produce, a good person produces good things from his storeroom of good, and an evil, produce, a evil person produces evil things from his storeroom of evil. So the concept is the treasure of the heart versus their storeroom. It's the same thing. What you dwell on, what you think of, what you try to come up with, how you conjure up your conversations, whether you're an intellectual or, or whether you're just sitting at the, at the local uh, hangout with a bunch of buddies, that is how you build your treasures, how you build the storeroom of your heart. Does that make sense? Because it needs to for the next part here. What we believe will affect how we act. We don't act in a way without having first thought about it, which is why I'm going to bring it up to you over and over this year, and I brought it up to you last year a bunch too. Do you believe that what you believe is really real? Do you believe that what you profess to believe is really real? If you do, you're going to act differently. It's going to affect the direction that our lives will take together as a church. If we are honest with ourselves, we will admit that there is no such thing as unconventional thinking and unconventional wisdom. Okay, what do, I, what do I mean by that? The voices of our heads and our hearts and our storeroom and our treasure and all of that become conventions. Do you know what that means? Conventions shape the decisions of what life and directions our lives take. For example, in sports, you can talk about the home team. And you have a convention in your mind that this is our team. And you can talk about the visiting team, and immediately the convention of your mind is they're not as good as our home team. Do I tell the truth? That's what I mean by convention and unconventional thinking. And so if we're honest with ourselves, we understand that all thinking, and this is going to be a little difficult. Stay with me now. It's going to be difficult to explain, let alone I feel bad for y'all. There's no new thinking that hasn't been already done. If we think that we're getting some sort of original uh, convention, we're not. Okay? Solomon talked about this before he went into his little essay about ethics in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. Look what he says here. He says, what has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done. There is nothing new under the sun. Verse 10, can one say about anything, look, this is new? It has already existed in the ages before us. 
So what happens? What's going on with those guys in Acts that Luke talked about in chapter 17? What's going on in our society where everybody's trying to find this new paradigm? Oh, we're woke now. You know, and all this other stuff that's going on. What happens is, is it's a deception to think that our thoughts are objectively unconventional. We have a group of folks in our country on both the right and the left that feel like their thoughts are unconventional and if only other people could see what they see and they're so enlightened, they're the only ones who see it. No. No. What might be unconventional to some is very conventional to others. There's nothing new under the sun. So that brings me to this. Stay with me. Another two minutes here. Come on. Whether we consider our thoughts conventional or not depends upon voices to which we are listening to. And even this is only our perception, whether our thoughts are conventional, not because in the final analysis there are but two voices. In the final analysis, there's only two voices. There's only two conventions that exist. There are only two voices that in this world actually speak. The voice of God and the voice of Satan. The voice of truth in the voice of air, the voice of righteousness in the voice of sin. These are the only two verses in this world that truly speak. Satan speaks with many voices and from many places and with multiple ideas and multiple choices. It's called pluralism. And while it sometimes can appear very wise, it is deception. And it is a deception because truth cannot exist in the confluence of multiple thoughts. If I say that the sash hanging on the cross, which is supposed to be for Easter, but we kept it up year long because we don't care, we think it looks cool. If I said that's red, and you said no, it's blue, and somebody else says no, it's green, and then Dorothy Hook calls you all and says, no, it's purple. <laughs> Which one is telling the truth? Well, we all are. Because it can be red to me. And who are you to say that it's not red? That's my convention. That's my thoughts. Da, 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 da. It's purple. Get it? See, if it is true that truth can only be discerned through the convergence of plural thoughts, multiple thoughts, then one of those thoughts from which the truth must be discerned is that truth cannot be discerned through the confluence of plural thoughts. Did you get that? Because I know when I read it from the scholar I'm lifting it from, I had to read it like six times. So let me hit it with you one more time. If the true truth can only be discerned through a confluence of plural thoughts, then one of those thoughts from which the truth must be discerned is that truth cannot be discerned from plural thoughts. Can't be. In the movie Bible Idiots, Frank Turek, you know, uh, there is no absolute truth. His response, is that true? <laughs> See, how can it be that True, that, that truth must be discerned from both multiple thoughts and not from multiple thoughts. It has to be from multiple thoughts and not from multiple it, it can't. It cannot. We must conclude that pluralism 
is self-contradictory and that only truth can come from one voice. One, namely the voice of God. So how do we hear the voice of God? Is there only one way to hear the voice of God and know his mind? If someone could know the mind of God outside of Revelation, I would like for them to explain how. It's impossible. Scripture says that no man, independently from Revelation from God, knows the mind of God except the Spirit of God reveal it to him. In other words, Revelation is the only way you hear from God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. It says, For who knows a person's thoughts except his spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What does that say? It says, indeed, no man has seen or understood God. It is only the Son of God who has declared him. John chapter 1, verse 18. This is the whole word became flesh and dwelt among us chapter, right? It's the, in verse 18, it says, no one has ever seen God, the one and only Son who is himself God, and is at the Father's side. He has revealed him. The only way to know God's mind is if God reveals his mind to man through inspiration. So, Chris, what are you saying? Are you saying that God will reveal himself through revelation to me, through his power and his strength to me? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The next verse in 1 Corinthians that we skipped over to go to John in chapter 2, verse 12 says this. Now, we have not received the spirit of the world. Oh, no, 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 no but the Spirit who comes from God so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. We get to freely understand it. It's, it's right there. He will give you eyes to see and ears to hear. And there is only one inspired source of truth from the mind of God, and that's the Bible. Everything extra-biblical must be dealt with. If you think you're getting extra-biblical extra visions from God and it doesn't completely line up with Scripture, check yourself before you wreck yourself. To whose voice are we listening? The voice of pluralism or the one voice of truth? May God help us learn the true wisdom comes from listening and obeying God's truth. Let's go to the last point today and bring it home. Preparing for unavoidable destiny. Preparing for unavoidable destiny. Point number three. This is the why of hearing the voice of Jesus in our everyday life. I, I, I just can't stress this enough. This is why we have to do it, is because we have an unavoidable destiny. That's what Lifehouse is. This is a place of preparation and fellowship for an unavoidable destiny. In medieval times, a king would often have a jester come and entertain him and cheer him up when he was sad or troubled or had a lot of decisions. Our jesters of our day are sitcom, stand-up comedy, and movie theaters, right? The jester would tell funny stories, perform tricks, and do almost anything to amuse or distract the king in his difficult moments. You know what he was called? He was called the king's fool. And as the story goes, a certain king enjoyed his jester's performances so much, making him laugh so easily. One day, the king handed the royal scepter to the jester and said, if you ever find a greater fool than yourself, give this scepter to him. And it was a really kind of a cool gift. And after a while, the king drew uh, deathly ill. And he was feeling very bad. He knew his time was near, and he, he called for the jester, hoping he could make him feel a little bit better in his waning hours. 
And when the jester arrived, the king said, Ah, jester, I fear that I'm about to depart on a long journey. Have you known about this journey for long? The jester inquired. Well, yes, I have, the king replied. The jester then asked, Have you prepared for this journey? No, the king replied, I'm afraid I have not. Then handing the royal scepter to the king, back to the king, the jester said, Then this belongs to you, for you are a greater fool than I. Wise are those who prepare for the appointments they know they must keep. Two such appointments that each and every one of us must, must keep are death, unless the Lord comes first, and judgment to come. Hebrews 9.27 tells it plainly. It is appointed for men once to die, and after this, the judgment. So are we prepared for these appointments? Because of his great love, God sent his son Jesus into the world that through him we might be prepared for these unavoidable events that every one of us and every one of our family and every one of our friends and every one that we can possibly think of must keep. The next verse in Hebrews, verse 28 of chapter 9, says, So also Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time. Not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Let me bottom line it for you. On the cross, Jesus bore the sins of the world upon himself and paid the price for our sins. We many receive the benefits of his sacrificial death by faith. And through repentance and through confession and out of obedience, baptism. And then... Here it is, the why we live our lives different, why we don't care who knows it, why we couldn't give a rip who doesn't like it, why those who laugh at us just off like water off a duck's back. I don't care who says boo about what, because we will be walking in the light as he is in the light through a life of obedience to God's will. And when we hear the voice of the shepherd, we follow. 1 John 1, 7 and Matthew 7, 21 as we bring her home. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all, from all sin. And then Matthew 7, 21 the most horrible verse in all of Scripture. If I can't think of anything worse than to be standing on Judgment Day, having not chosen to listen to the voice of the shepherd, having gone on in your own strength, having tried to add Jesus to what you got going on, instead of surrendering to him and opening your eyes and your ears as he has allowed because he gives generously to those who seek him, hearing the voice of the shepherd and then being obedient, even if it doesn't make sense, to have the Lord of the universe look at you and say what's in Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. It goes on in the next couple of verses. Look it up. Basically, paraphrasing, Jesus tells, some, tells many, it says, step off. I don't know you. And yet we're going to trade obeying the gospel and eagerly waiting for his return, eagerly seeking to hear his voice because we're worried what somebody might think of us? 
or because somebody puts us down or because somebody falsely accuses us? No. Which is why God sends us a group. Could be 10, could be two, could be 300 that gather together, that gather together and they hold firm together and they listen for the voice of the shepherd. When I got here, I looked around and I said, we need something that's going to point us to that. And I created a thing called Covenant Partnerships. Right now, there are like six other BIC churches that want the certificate because they want to create the same thing for their churches. Church membership in America is a joke. It's a consumer mentality. Not Covenant Partners. We don't have that. We come together because we want to hear the voice of the shepherd and obey with the hours and days that we've got left. And we look for his return. And then we open our doors and we try to bless as many people as we can in any way we can as followers of Jesus Christ where he gets the glory. Emily will tell you when people call and they want help, I tell them, I say, look, I want you to know one thing before we go any further. I said, personally, I don't care about you. In fact, you're, you're an annoyance to me. But because of the love of Jesus Christ in my heart, I'm broken for you and I can't not not help you. I must help you. How can we help you? Can we help you pay your rent? Can we get you a gas card? Can we get you, a, can we get you some food today? But don't think for a minute it's because we're good people. We are saved by the love of Jesus Christ and it's by him and his love that pours out from us because we can't help it because we hear the voice of the shepherd and we must respond because it's singular it's not plural oh your Jesus can be your Jesus your Jesus no it's Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior loves us has forgiven us has redeemed us and now we can't help but love others not with our own love. We don't conjure it up. It comes from him. No remedy remains for anyone, however, if they die in their sins. They enter eternity without God. That's why we got to quit worrying about what other people think and just share the gospel with abandon. And I don't know if you know this or not, and I'm going to close with this, and then we're going to cut the live stream and we're going to go to communion. Everything that a good ground church in service to Jesus Christ, hearing the voice of the shepherd, is available here. Life of Pi, leadership board that wants to love Jesus. We've got a facility here. You've got a pastor who, well, whatever he is. We've got people here who love Jesus, and all they want to do is love him more. We had somebody from the leadership board come to my house on Friday and say, I want to pray better. Do you not see the beauty in that? We're going to start Wednesday programs. We're going to start Life of Pi events. A women's group is going to start. We're going to do a men's group. Come on. Knowing of these things, let us ask ourselves, are you prepared and are we prepared for our unavoidable destiny? And if we are, which many of us are, then how can we help others? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, let these be your words to your children. Speak to them now. Let them hear the voice of the shepherd in a way they've never heard before. Amen and amen.